0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is, I want one too. Now, here's Bill Almec. Antonio lived in a small town in Italy. This town was somewhat famous for its music. It seemed like everybody could play an instrument or sing. So when Antonio got old enough, he joined the boys' choir. But he didn't really sing very well. Kind of a squeaky voice. So he decided that he would learn to play an instrument, take violin lessons. You ever heard somebody learning to play the violin? Well, it's not pretty, it makes some ugly noises, but eventually it gets better and the music starts, except not with Antonio. It always sounded like he was strangling cats. And in fact, it was so bad that the neighbors convinced his parents to stop lessons. And the other boys in town used to make fun of him because he couldn't sing and he couldn't play. But he liked to whittle. Get out his knife and carve little bits and make little things. And one day he learned that across town lived a violin maker of some renown. And he decided he was going to go over and make himself an apprentice and learn how to make violins. And so he worked and studied and worked and labored hard to perfect the skill of making violins. And his goal was always to make each violin be a little bit better than the one he had just made. And slowly, his skill or his knack for whittling turned into a skill for carving violin necks. And by the time Antonio passed away, he left us 1,500 violins, all with his name inside Antonio Stradivarius the most beautiful instruments the world has ever seen. Three hundred years later, with all of our machines and our laser cuts and CNC, we still can't make violins equal to the quality that he made. And Antonio had a gift, not to sing, not to play, but to build. And we're talking about spiritual gifts today. We are halfway through our Adventist Beliefs 101. In fact, we are. this is Lesson 6, so we're just past halfway into the second half of this. And today's message is, I want one too. Imagine if you walked into a room with a bag of gifts and you start handing them out. What do people say? I want one. I'll take one. Give me one. I want one too. How different would our lives be if we looked at spiritual gifts that way? I want one too. But, you know, as I thought about this sermon a little bit, and what I wanted to say, I kind of came to the conclusion that maybe what we believe about spiritual gifts is a little bit off track. Not, not bad, you know, we're not way over here or way over there, but we're, we're off track just a little bit. So today I want to try and get us back on track. I feel partially responsible for this because I've preached, I don't know how many sermons on spiritual gifts through the year, so this is partially my fault. But, um, I, I want to try and get us back on track a little bit here. And, you know, um, I, I think deep down inside, we all want to do a good job for, for the Lord, right? We, we want to face the Lord at the end and have the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, what have you been doing? Right? So that that's our goal today is to try and hear the, the well done and not, not what are you doing? But before we talk about spiritual gifts, we have to talk about ministry. Because we use our spiritual gifts for ministry. So we need a definition of ministry. So I hope you've got out your sermon notes, if you haven't. But, um, Here's how I'm going to define ministry today. Ministry is serving others for the sake of the gospel. Ministry is serving others in ways that reflect God's character and advance God's purposes. Okay? So this is a pretty broad definition of ministry. Because sometimes I think we have the opinion that maybe ministry happens here at church on Saturday mornings between 9.30 and, you know, 12 or 12.30. That's when ministry happens. Oh, yeah, and anything Pastor Chris does, because, you know, he's the minister. But but, that, but that's our, our definition of ministry. And this is a much broader view of that, right? Notice, there's no limitations for age or gender or race or how much money you have in the bank or how much hair is left on your head or not left on your head. That was not for Lourdes. That was for some of us other ones that it's getting a little thinner. Right? There's no limits here. Everybody can be involved in ministry. So we're going to use this definition of ministry, and we're going to need this a, a little bit later. And with this definition of ministry, we could have the exact same thing done by two different people, and it might be ministry for one person and not ministry for the other. Silly example. Feeding the neighbor's cat when they go on vacation. Some person might be saying, you know, I'm trying to show love, love your neighbor, kindness towards my neighbor. That could be ministry. The other person might be going, I hate cats and I hope this cat dies. (laughs) Right? Right? Not so much ministry going on there. Okay? So, so realize that, that, that the same actions might be ministry for some and not ministry for others. Okay? Because our view of ministry has been pretty narrow and therefore our view of spiritual gifts has been too narrow. Right? We need to expand this. We need to make this a little, a little bigger, a little more important, okay? Um, and if, if we talked to everybody here today and got a consensus, we'd probably find that we believe about five things about spiritual gifts. We're going to cover these later, but I want to hit them real quick right now. Number one, we all have a spiritual gift. Some of us might have more than one. The gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit. The gifts are given to us to do ministry, there's a list of gifts in the Bible that it kind of encompass all the gifts. And so we better f- figure out what our gift is and get busy using it, right? That's kind of about the five things that we would kind of believe. You've probably heard some version of that before. And, you know, we're pretty good on one, two, and three. But four and five, I think we need a little little work on. That's what we're going to be working on today. I didn't put these in your notes because, quite frankly, they didn't fit. But real quick, here is the list of Um, spiritual gifts that we often see. Anybody here ever taken a class or a quiz or a survey, read a book on how to find what your spiritual gift is? A couple of us. Apparently we need to do that class again. We used to offer that class all the time. But, you know, you have these 21 spiritual gifts. And there's some good stuff on here. Prophecy, teaching, leadership, evangelist, pastor, apostle, You know, there's good stuff on this list, right? But where is feeding your neighbor's cat when they go on vacation in this list? Where is painting backdrops for vacation Bible school? Where is writing a novel that depicts the human condition with hope? Where is being an awesome cook and providing food for our meetings and our gatherings? Where is music and art? Because I don't see them on there. And yeah, maybe we could make some of these definitions big and, and try and shove it in there, but it doesn't fit very good. And that should be our first inst- guess that something's wrong. Something's not quite right. Okay? Because I don't see where the gift of embroidery is on here. And you know, the Bible talks about the gift of embroidery. You're looking at me like I'm green. All right. (laughs) Open up your Bibles. Everybody get out your Bibles. There's some there in the pew in front of you. We're going to the book of Exodus. Easy to find. It's the second book of the Bible. You got Genesis, then Exodus. Exodus chapter 35. And we're going to learn about the spiritual gift of embroidery. Because the Bible talks about it. Okay? Exodus 35. And we're going to be in verses 30 to 35 this morning. Super easy to find. Genesis, Exodus. We there? All right. "'Then Moses said to the Israelites, "'See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, "'the son of Ur, in the tribe of Judah, "'and he has filled him with the Spirit of God.' With wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab, the son of Asimach in the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. And he has filled them with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, Embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, and all of them skilled workers and designers." Now you might recognize this passage. God is having the Israelites build the tabernacle, right? And it's a, it's a big tent. And this is not just a piece of canvas stretched over some poles. This thing is beautiful. It's ornate. It's got gold, embroidery, different claws. It's amazing." Okay? And he needed people that had skills to build it. Not just any old schmuck who come up and say, Hey, I want to start doing embroidery. You had to have the skills to work on this. And, you know, some of you are doubting me. I can see by the look on your face. Because, you know, embroidery is not, you know, I mean, Come on, it's not like being an apostle. Or, or having the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing. I mean those are like, you know, holy spiritual gifts. We're talking about needlepoint. What does it say? Verse 31. Who who has what what's happened? He has filled him with what? The spirit of God. Where do our spiritual gifts come from? The Holy Spirit, right? From God, God the Holy Spirit. Now, in the Old Testament, they don't seem to have the same understanding of the Trinity that we have today, right? They don't talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They just talk about God, Yahweh, Jehovah, the Great I Am. So I don't know that they kind of understood God the Holy Spirit the way we do, but when they say He's filled with the Spirit of God, that sounds an awful lot like the Holy Spirit to me, right? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And what can he do? All kinds of stuff, right? Goldsmith, silversmith, working in bronze. He can embroider. He can design. He can carve. He's a jeweler. He can s- cut and set stones. The list goes on. These guys were talented people, right? They, they, um, they had the ability to teach others. They were good at mentoring, These these people were talented. Let's look at one more text. Stay in the book of Exodus. We're going to chapter 28. We'll just back a few pages. Chapter 28, verses 2 to 4. Exodus 28, 2 to 4. It says, "...make sacred garments for your brother Aaron, to give him dignity and honor." Tell all the skilled workers to whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so he may serve me as priest. These are the garments they are to make, a breast piece, an ephod, a robe, a woven tunic, a turban, and a sash. And they are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons, so they may serve me as priests. Beautiful clothes, right? Beautiful clothes. Beautiful clothes. You know what this means? For some people, not everybody, but for some people, Project Runway might be ministry. Right? Not everybody, but for some people, that might be ministry. Now, I've put a couple other texts there in your notes that's homework for you this week. That you can read during the week some more that talk about the construction trades and the people that build stuff inside the tabernacle the furniture the gold lampstands these things they talk about chemistry as a spiritual gift you didn't know that the bible talked about chemistry did you but they mix natural fragrances to produce sweet smelling incense for the lord it's chemistry all these things are spiritual gifts that comes from the Lord, because James one seventeen tells us every good and perfect gift from above is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. How many gifts of the good gifts come from God, all of them? To believers and non-believers, every good gift comes down from God. So let's hit those five things we talked about earlier, real quick. I'm trying to get done on time; it's a race. Number one: Everyone has a spiritual gift, perhaps more than one. Okay, we believe this, right? You've, you've heard this, we've talked about it, and the Bible tells us this is true. Uh, In Romans 12, it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Different gifts. There were 21 things on the list. There's more than 21 people here. Some of us have gifts that aren't on the list. Because we have different gifts. And I've seen sometimes people come up and say, Oh, I wish I could play the piano like David. I wish I could teach Sabbath school like that person does. I wish I could be hospitable like so-and-so. You're not supposed to want the gift somebody else has. We each got different gifts. Whoa. Whoa. We each have different gifts. See, because we shouldn't be looking at our spiritual gifts as find one of the 21 things and figure out how to use it, but figure out what your natural ability is and figure out how to use that for God. Antonio figured out that he couldn't sing and he couldn't play, but he could build, right? So maybe, you know, you've got a green thumb. You like to garden. How can you use that to reflect God's character and advance His purposes? Maybe you're a mechanic. How can you use that? Maybe you're good at uh, woodworking. How can you use that? Maybe you're a great cook. How can you use that? Maybe you can embroider and needlepoint. How do you use that to reflect God's character and advance His kingdom? That's what God's looking for. He doesn't want us all to be one of 21 different shapes. He wants us all to be one of many, 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 many different kinds of shapes. Okay? Number two. Spiritual gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit as He pleases. (laughs) You don't get to decide. Right? You don't get to decide. Just like we don't get to decide how tall we're going to be. Or what color our skin's going to be? What color our hair's going to be? Well, I guess they invented hair dye. (laughs) You know, but you don't get to decide these things. You don't get to decide whether you're naturally gifted athletically or not. Some of us are. Some of us aren't. Right? You don't get to decide whether you're naturally gifted as a musician. You have perfect pitch. You can hear the notes. Some of us can, some of us can't. Right? It's as the Holy Spirit pleases. And the Bible tells us in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now, to each one manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And to verse 11, all these things are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. He gets to decide what He needs, right? If you were in the army, some of you may have been in the army or something, right? The general gets to decide that, hey, I need more infantrymen today, or I need more calvary today or i need this or that or the other you know the guys in the, the front lines don't get to decide that right the guy in charge decides that god the holy spirit decides that hey in this situation in this time i need people with the gift of and he gives it okay now that being said The fact that we might be naturally gifted doesn't mean that we don't have a role in developing our gifts. See, sometimes we think, if you're gifted, it's just easy. And I've seen people come up to David and say, Oh, David, you play so beautifully. And he does, right? David plays very well. And David's more holy than I am. So David says something nice in return, you know, thank you very much, all, the, all this. You know, I would say, well, if you just spent 10,000 hours at the piano like I did, maybe you could play too. 12,000 <laughs> Twelve, 12, hours. <laughs> right? It, it takes a long time to learn these skills. Right? It, it takes effort. While I was outside playing basketball, David was practicing piano. Right? It takes time. Uh, we do this to artists all the time. I wish I could draw like you did. Well, you know, if you had gone through a hundred different sketching books learning how to do this, maybe you could. Right? You have to develop these things. Okay? Because gift does not equal effortless. Do you hear me gift does not equal effortless it takes effort to do these things okay you think Bezalel and Aholiab woke up one morning looked at each other Aholiab says dude I got to find some gold I, I, I want to make something out of gold Bezalel goes, I know what you're thinking, man. I've been looking for thread all morning. I've got to start embroidering. I don't know what's going on. No, right? They spent thousands of hours bent over a workbench, perfecting these skills, messing up and having to start over again. Do you think that the first violin that Antonio Stradivarius made was as good as the last one? I doubt it. I doubt it. But it would be cool to have serial number one. <laughs> that would be cool. All right, so gift is not equal effortless. Number three, the purpose for which God distributes spiritual gifts is ministry. Right? God doesn't give this to us for ourselves so that we can become rich and famous and popular but it's for ministry. 1 Peter 4:10 tells us, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms." What was our definition of ministry? To serve others for the sake of the gospel, to reflect God's character, and advance God's purposes? Right? This comes from the Bible. Okay? Then the last couple are maybe where we've got some problems. Number four. There's a list or set a list in the Bible, and that encompasses all the kinds of spiritual gifts. Hopefully you don't believe this anymore. There is some list in the Bible. They are examples it is not a comprehensive list. Okay? I have gifts that aren't in that list. I think some of you probably do too. Okay? You ever play one of these games? They were they're kind of thin. They'd plywood on the back and all these pegs and plexiglass in the front, and you drop a coin or a marble and it bounces like a crazy thing off all the pegs and then lands at some slot in the bottom, right? And you get that many points or the win the little prize associated with that slot. Right? You've seen these, right? That's how we've been treating spiritual gifts. I got 21 slots. Let me put in my coin. I got the gift of tongues. I have a tongue. I <laughs> don't really know what that means. Or I got the gift of exhortation. Are we allowed to say that in front of the kids? I don't even even know what that means. Right? By the way, exhortation means to encourage one another, lift each other up. Okay? But we've we've just treated it like that. But what if there's more than 21 slots? What if there's 4,000 slots? What if there's 40,000 slots? where we could all have a different kind of ministry, okay? Number five, so you better figure out which gift you have so that you can use it. Now this is somewhat true, but it's not one of those just 21 things, right? Instead of trying to figure out what gift you have so you can use it, what if we looked at what natural abilities do I have? And how can I use those? That would make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? That would make a lot more sense. Now real quickly, I want to talk about one special gift, the gift of prophecy. Because uh, Adventists, we believe in the gift of prophecy, and we have a whole fundamental belief on it. And the reason we do is because sometimes we kind of look at the Old Testament and go, oh, well, you know... Prophets lived in the Old Testament, wore weird clothes and lived in the desert, you know, and did strange things. That was what a prophet does. And, and somehow we don't have prophets anymore. But we still can have prophets. We believe Ellen White was a prophet. We believe God could raise up another prophet if he wanted to. Okay? So um, none of our, our our ministries or our spiritual gifts are outdated Just at the moment, we haven't needed that, I guess. Okay? And the last thing I want to talk about real quick, before we wrap up, is nominating committee. How many of you love nominating committee? Anybody? Nobody. That's what I thought. Now, if you've been around Adventist churches, you probably remember nominating committee, right? And the first thing that you do is the board nominates a committee to make the nominating committee. (laughs) I'm done already, right? I'm tapping out. Somebody's got to come in, right? This is ridiculous. But eventually we get a nominating committee, and they get together, and they look at all the ministries of the church and all the people that are serving, and they start calling them all. Do you want to serve? Do you want to serve? Do you want to serve? Some say yes, some say no. And then the people that say no, we got oh now we gotta fill those. So we look at that list of ministries and we go, okay, we gotta find somebody for health and temperance. So what do we do? We get out the church directory. Jim! Jim's not doing anything. Let's call Jim. And so we call Jim. We say, Hey, do you want to serve in health and temperance? And Jim's a good guy. He's a team player. He wants to help his church. He says, Um, yeah, sure, I, I guess I'll do that. You say, thanks, and you hang up, and Jim goes over to the dictionary and opens it up and looks up, what does temperance mean? I, I don't even know, right? Because health and temperance is not Jim's thing. He's just trying to help. How good is Jim going to do in that ministry this year? Not very well, right? Because it's not his thing. He's just trying his best to help out, right? It doesn't work. Because we shouldn't be looking at ministries and trying to find people to do them. We should be looking at people and figuring out where to put them into ministry. We're doing it wrong way around. You hear me? Now, There's nothing wrong with trying to get people to serve at church. I want every single person here to be serving. But we got to do it the right way. So if you've transferred to this church from somewhere else and you're waiting for nominating committee to call, might as well unplug that phone. Okay? So if you want to serve, please talk to us. Let us know. We will try and find a spot to get you where you can serve. And we're not just going to leave you there. We had somebody recently tried to plug into ministry. They tried it for a little bit, came back and go, you know, (laughs) that wasn't really for me. And we don't say, hey, tough beans, you've got to serve till October. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. All right? Okay, cool. Well, well, we'll try and find another spot where, you know, you have a gift to serve. Okay? So just, you know, I want to be clear about that and, and the reason why we don't have that nominating committee. So real quick, I want to give us a little word of encouragement And a challenge. So, a challenge first. What are you doing with the gifts, skills, and abilities and opportunities that God has given you? If Jesus came this afternoon, how would you answer? What are you doing? You guys remember the parable in Matthew 25 about the rich man who gives his wealth. Not part of his wealth, but all of his wealth to his servants and goes on a trip. And the one he gives five bags of gold, one, f- uh, two bags of gold, and one one bag of gold, right? And he goes on a trip and he comes back. And the guy with five bags has turned it into what? Ten bags. And what does the master say to him? "'Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in small things. I will put you in charge of many things.'" Come and share your master's happiness. And the one that had two bags comes in. and He's worked hard. He now has four bags. And what does the master say? The exact same thing. Well done. Come and share your master's happiness. And the one with one bag comes in and says, Hey, I know you were a hard master, and you reap where you didn't sow, so I've kept this safe. I haven't lost a single coin. And you get the feeling he's proud of himself. Look, I kept it safe. Nobody stole the money. Yeah. And what's the master say? You wicked, lazy servants. You knew that I harvest where I didn't reap. You should have at least put it in the bank and gotten interest on it. Take his money away, give it to the one with ten, and throw him out in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch. Okay. Listen to the rest of the parable that Jesus doesn't put in the Bible, it's not recorded for us, but I'm pretty sure we're supposed to finish it this way. Jesus was here. He died. He rose again. He left on a journey back to heaven. He left us his wealth. His spiritual gifts. And He's coming back to have an accounting. If Jesus came this afternoon after lunch. You're kind of dozing off after lunch. (laughs) Jesus comes. Who are you going to be? Servant number one, number two, or number three? Now which servant would you like to be? One, two, or three. And if those answers aren't the same, what are you going to do to fix it? Because there is going to be an accounting. The Bible tells us that. But the last thing I want to do is give you a word of encouragement. You matter. If you are in Christ, you have a part to play in God's plan of redemption. Everybody matters. Now listen, not everybody here is in Christ yet. Some of us are still sticking our toes in and checking out the water, and that's perfectly fine. But if you are in Christ, if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you have a part to play in God's plan of redemption. You matter. Your life matters. Your ministry matters. God gave you those talents for a reason. Not just because... Right? It wasn't some random roll of the dice or some crazy marble bouncing off wooden pegs and landing in a slot. There was a reason for it. And you matter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the importance of spiritual gifts, Lord. To understand the importance of our natural abilities that you have given us. And why it's important that we use them for ministry, for the sake of the gospel to reflect your character, to advance your purposes, Lord. Help us to have the courage to do that, Lord. It can be scary to kind of step out. But Lord, you've given us these natural gifts. You are going to be with us if we step out in faith to use them. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downychurch.org God bless.